Uh, yeah, welcome to Something's in the Closet podcast. Uh, this is episode seven, I think. No, eight, isn't it? Mm, no, I don't think so. No? I'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, if y'all are new here, we talk about spooky, spooky things that possibly happened. Maybe they didn't. Uh, maybe we're just recounting the like acid dreams of um, draggies. Who knows? Uh, it's still interesting, nonetheless. Yeah. Some of them. Maybe. I still haven't edited the episode that's going out tomorrow, and that one's... Uh, that was a little rough. We had, what like, if we just put this one out tomorrow and record two episodes fuck, next week? Okay, I mean, we can see how... Oh, God, I'm going to be so fucking tired. Okay. Not a, this is not even edit last week's episode. Just put it in the vault. Put it in the vault. It doesn't exist. I recently started a horror YouTube channel because people on my main YouTube channel don't like when I talk about like horror and spooky things because they follow me because I'm like cute and I do like vlogs, day in the life, like college student follow me around type of stuff. And that's the only stuff and like social media manager content, which is not applicable to me anymore. Yeah, so I made a separate horror channel where I do like horror commentary and it's basically just an extension of my TikTok to where I can make longer form content. It's the same handle, Why Likes Horror. If you want to, like, give me a pity, follow, subscribe. <laughs> um, it's rough. Uh, Aleha, I know we both had encounters with the police in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> it was in the same week. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I called them on Tuesday. You called them on Friday. I thought my roommate was missing. Turns out she was just having fun. Rated NR fun. So you were calling somebody because you were concerned. I was calling concerned for my safety. (laughs) You think we would be reversed considering how egotistical I am? Yeah. No, I was calling somebody because I got a threatening phone call. Um, oh yeah that was not fun (laughs) and it was cold that night yeah why it had to come (laughs) why it came over because i was a fucking mess crying and freaking out i was not dressed appropriately (laughs) it was very cold it was cold i was scared crying (laughs) luckily why it wasn't there when i was crying so you didn't have to deal with that part (laughs) i'm used to you crying what do you mean you cry on every single podcast recording i <laughs> I cried twice, maybe. You've cried six times. Are you counting? Yes. <laughs> it has not been six times. I want to make a compilation <laughs> at the end of season one of how many times you've cried. Just ten minutes of you crying. <laughs> See, what's funny is that I haven't. Fo- there hasn't been anything. That's made me like full on just start crying, like the way I called you crying that mm-hmm. day. It's just kind of been me like smiling, but there's tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I actually want to just sob. <laughs> That's how it's been. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, full send. I don't think I'm gonna cry today. Oh, you might. Have you seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? I have not. I honestly didn't even know there was a new one. Sick. <laughs> Look, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I have actually never seen them. I know what it's about and stuff like that. I want to see them, so therefore I have not seen the new one because I feel like I should watch the old one first before I watch the new one. Well, I will let you know. You can watch any of the Chainsaw (laughs) Texas Massacre movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, (laughs) and they have absolutely nothing to do with each other except that there's a killer named Leatherface in them. They are so completely little. One of them takes place in a radio station and they attack a fucking DJ. Sick. <laughs> One of them, it's in 3D. It's in seen? 3D? It's in 3D. Is it's it like the like Saw 20 light, movie? 2009, I think. Do you remember, like, I, I've seen, I saw that movie in theaters and it was so cheesy because there was a girl, like his cousin, that she, he was going after and then, like, they were tag teaming trying to kill someone else. Oh. Some girl, she was like, threw her chainsaw at 
she threw a chainsaw at Leatherface and said, do your thing, cuz. Yeah, that's what kind of movie almost every installment of these are. That might be why I've never seen it. They're, they're, <laughs> with the exception of the first one, they're all very campy. Campy? Campy. No camp. Okay, 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 okay. I... Well, now you're putting me off from ever seeing them. <laughs> it's not, you know, I am not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. I don't like those movies. I recently just watched them as an adult, so like fully cognizant, like aware, and I realized there's a reason why I never watched these again. Saw it as a teenager and was like, hmm, <laughs> this is bad. And, you know, it's entertaining Okay. after the first 45 minutes. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. The new one and the original. When did the new one come out? The 18th. So like three days ago. Review up on my channel at Lilac's Horror. <laughs> oh, speaking of <clears throat> channels, I'm actually going to be changing my horror channel. To what? Just Aleha. I thought about it some more and I was just like, I think I should bury the Lucy era of myself. You're going to kill her? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the old Aleha can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. <laughs> yes. You're going to kill her. Yeah. You should do like a little radio production or audio production of like a murder and you murdering her. That makes it sound like I hated her though. No. You need to kill her to reemerge as your better self. <laughs> the self that wasn't afraid of people <clears throat> knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's still there. <laughs> she's You're still on there. live television now. People know who you are. I don't know why you're afraid. <laughs> I don't think about it. There's a People t- watch you on television. <laughs> I know. On their TVs at like 6 o'clock <laughs> every Wednesday night. Aleha front and center. I know. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm aware of that. What keep what makes me comforted is knowing that it's probably not too many people. I could be wrong, and it could actually be a lot of people. It could be. We have no way to check those numbers. No, only the people above us can check those. Mm-hmm. But if I tell myself that it is just a couple people watching me and the people in the studio, I feel 20 times better. I watch you and I Snapchat you. What? <laughs> <laughs> for context, when Aleha's on desk anchoring for the news program, I am in the back running the audio to make sure people can hear her, and I record her, and I take pictures. Sometimes I send you what I take. Yeah, I know you. Who the fuck are you sending them to? <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> Just like, look at this bitch. Stumbling on her words. <laughs> stumble on my words i do really well excuse you i do mm. in the beginning like the first run through is i'm usually a little rough because i'm trying That's to remember when i record her i know <laughs> he records me when i'm trying to still get the whole fucking show down he doesn't record me when i'm actually doing the show for like i bet because i can't i'm trying to be like i know <laughs> do the audio levels make sure everyone can hear what's going on i know and you have to pay special request special attention to mine because i can't fucking speak you're quiet, so I, I have know. to turn your ass up. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been trying to project my voice more. It's not going any louder. <laughs> Use your Latina feist. I don't have that. You have more mayonnaise than you than me, don't you? No, I don't. Well, I did tell you about that quote-unquote French relative, apparently. Did you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. We, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was just a colonizer. To be honest, I don't think. We- um. Okay. Anyway, you guys are probably bored of this by now. Um, if you guys want to hear um more of our spooky shit, go to somethingsinthecloset.pod.com, click donate in the top right hand corner. Any little crumb you can provide will help us. Um, continue to make this podcast because I have to pay for podcast hosting. I have to pay. For a recording platform, I have to pay for the editing software that I use, and I have to pay for website hosting and email hosting. There's a lot of we 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 bleed money for this podcast, and it's it's fun though. But pay us, 
<laughs> if you want something for your money, we have a merch tab. All the merch is designed by Aleha. It's really cute. We have our sweaters. I'm working on beanies. I have a new design that I'm trying to come up with of me crying. That'll be great. Did you draw that art? Oh, no. no. You <laughs> I doodled it in class, and I was just like, hmm, this works. I just got to digitize it. Okay. So today we're talking about aliens. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were. Fuck. I was so excited. Um, so I know that you really wanted to bring aliens onto the podcast in some way. And I remembered a story that I recently heard, um, about a potential alien named, uh, Indrid Cold. There's a connection to your favorite cryptid. There's a connection to Mothman? Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Woodrow Derenberger was a typical Appalachian man and salesman for a sewing machine company who lived in Mineral Wells, West Virginia. On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, about 7.30 p.m., while returning from Marietta, Ohio from a business trip to his home, he had a strange experience. He was driving in his red panel truck on Route 77 in Parkburg, West Virginia. Derenberger said, he had to stop to adjust a sewing machine in the back of his truck. Once he got back on the road, he noticed lights ahead of him. Thinking that the lights were police officers, he stopped, only to discover that the lights didn't belong to a car, but what to he said was an aircraft. He claimed that he saw a flying metallic cigar-shaped craft. The ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead of him and gradually made him slow down to stop on the side of the road. Woodrow also described the vehicle as resembling a kerosene lamp chimney. The aircraft was hovering about 12 inches off the road. A door opened on the craft, and a being exited the ship. And the door shuts with a loud thunk behind him. Later, the vehicle climbed about 50 feet into the air above the highway. The being walked right up to Darren Berger's truck window. Derenberger described the being as looking like any ordinary man off the street. Six feet tall, about 35 years of age, olive complexion, dark brown hair, and wearing a glossy metallic dark blue coat. The man spoke to Woodrow telepathically. His mouth did not move. Instead, he had a fixed smile on his face. The man looked through a truck window and said without saying something along the lines of, Roll down your window. I want to talk to you. During their communication, the man called himself Cold. He told Woodrow that he meant him no harm and that he should not be afraid of him. He pointed to a city in the distance and asked, What is that? Derenberger explained to him what a city was. Cold asked if most people live there. Cold also stated cities from his home were called gatherings. It's important to note that Cold never uttered a word, and in a television interview, which we will listen to in just a minute. Woodrow explained that Cold said Woodrow may speak or think his answers. Woodrow claims to immediately understand what Cold meant. So right out of the gate, Ingrid was very forthcoming with information and sharing um, equal information that he got back. So I think he was trying to build trust with Woodrow in this, not knowing that, you know, it's not customary to just knock on someone's window and ask, start asking them questions. Okay, wait, what year was this again? It was 1966. Uh, yeah. Well, that was that was like peak serial killer time. So, I mean, it was kind of normal to knock on someone's window, hitchhike, leave your doors unlocked. I thought peak serial killer time was the 80s. Oh, it was like the 70s, 60s, 70s. The 80s is when people started getting like Hey, wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> leave our doors unlocked. Yeah, or trust random ass strangers. <laughs> There's been a lot of these um these uh, serial killer people around. So mm -hmm. I have a description, a more in depth description of Cold uh, by Woodrow, like in his own words. He looked perfectly natural and normal as any human being. His face looked like he had a good tan, a deep suntan. He was not too dark, but it was just like he had been out in the sun and had a good tan. 
His hair was combed straight back and was a dark brown, and he seemed to have good thick head of hair. His eyebrows, his face, his features were very normal. I don't believe that he looked any different from any other man that you would meet on the street. He had a large grin and kept his arms folded with his hands up under his armpits. And though he spoke to me, his smile never moved. Before we get into the media frenzy that ensued after this, I want to send you some photos um, (laughs) of depictions of Ingrid Cold and his spacecraft. I just sent you a link to the folder and describe to our listeners what you are looking at. Um, so the first picture, it kind of looks like a spinny top, but a really bad picture of a spinny top. Okay. <laughs> Is that supposed to be like his spacecraft? Yes. Okay. It looks like a grainy picture of like a spinny top on its side. I don't even know if that's what they're fucking called. If you hear a machine, I think that's uh, Aleha's laptop that sounds like it's dying. My laptop trying to make it through one last fucking semester. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> um, oh, and then the second picture is Ingrid with, um, what was his name again? Woodrow? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks It looks like a weird, or now it looks like a weird bowling pin thing. I don't like the way that looks. And they'll say there's another person on the inside, like, trying to come out. And then that's Ingrid. Like, he has his hands underneath his armpits. Mm-hmm. And then I guess this one. Ew. <laughs> the fucking grin. I can't. So all of these are depictions of his ship. And they all look the same. They all look like this weird. You know what they look like? They look like the fucking hoverboards. You, you know the hoverboards that, like, every kid had, like, three years ago? I don't see that, but okay. <laughs> that looks exactly like a fucking... Very bulbous in the middle. Yeah, yeah, but it still looks like the hoverboard. Did I ever tell you a girl in my fucking freshman dorm? I went to the bathroom, and I'm, you know, there, doing my business, and I just hear this fucking machine whirring, and I just see her underneath the stalls, ride it right into one of the stalls, turn around in the bathroom, sit down, <laughs> keep her feet on the hoverboard as she went to the bathroom i don't know no i don't know and then i just kind of stayed there longer because i'm like there's no way she's gonna ride it out of here and she did <laughs> she never got off of it <laughs> okay that's what it looks like to me it looks like one of those little hoverboards okay <laughs> He looks terrified. This picture I've seen, it's like the sketched picture of Ingrid Cole. And it's like mm-hmm. him grinning and he has like a coat, a checkered shirt and the tie. But it's just his facial expression is eerie. Um, both men! <laughs> I don't know where this description of Ingrid Cole came from. He looks like uh, Milo in Atlantis, but with white hair. And white freckles. I, I don't understand where this came from, but there's another picture um, following it where someone cosplayed as Ingrid Cold and they're dressed like that. Wait, and I'm just people like, cosplay Ingrid Cold? I guess so, but I don't know where this depiction of Ingrid Cold came from. Like, I could not find it. It's not like a webcomic or anything? Ooh. Uh, I don't think so. If you guys want to see these pictures, just go to our Instagram and see the photo dump. Yeah. Um. A lot of photos in this episode. I mean, this cosplay looks cute. I just... I don't know why. I wonder if there was some sort of, like, wet... You know, there's some things where people make... Like, like they... they mm-hmm, yeah. With this. The, the fucking internet, it's a mess. I don't know how to describe it. Do you mean fan fiction? I guess, but, like... I don't really see anybody cosplay Mothman or anything. Be a lot that would be really hard. No, I saw someone at the uh, the gay club on campus dressed as Mothman for Halloween. Do I remember what they were wearing? No. Do I know that they were Mothman? Yes, because I asked them, are you supposed to be Mothman? And they said, yes. I do not remember what they looked like. I want to be their friend. <laughs> um. Okay. So that's what Indrid is said to look like. So shortly after this, and by shortly, I mean literally the next day, uh, the media frenzy began. Woodrow was invited to be interviewed on WTAP-TV in Parksburg, West Virginia, 
by the station's news director, Glenn Wilson. In the famous Derenberg interview, he said, I was very frightened, and as far as I can understand, this was all mental, and there was no, not a word spoken from him. I knew what he was asking me, but yet he stood there and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face. He appeared very courteous and friendly. Indrid Cold and Mr. Derenberg's conversation lasted about ten minutes. Cold told him, We eat, we breathe, we sleep, we bleed, even as you do. Before returning to his flying craft, he said, We will see you again. Durenberger later reported this event to the police. I have a link to the interview. I'm going to play some for you. It's all audio. I would like to introduce my cohort in this adventure, Mr. Ronald Maines who is the general manager of WTAP TV and radio. And we are here to uh, ask this gentleman questions, and we will be asking questions for the next half hour uh, to 25 minutes. Our guest is Mr. Dernberger, uh, route number two, Mineral Wells, West Virginia. Mr. Dernberger has a very interesting story to tell us this evening. I will give you a thumbnail sketch to begin with. Whether or not you believe in unidentified flying objects or not is not the point. Whether you believe in what you hear or see on this program is not the point. We are here to talk to a man that allegedly did make contact with such an object within the Parkersburg area last evening, November the 2nd, 1966, at approximately 7.25 p.m. The incident allegedly took place on Interstate Highway 77, near the interchange of Route Number 47. This gentleman is a salesman in the area. He has been a resident of the area for the past 50 years, and he has given us permission to interview him, to show his face, and to call him by name. This in itself takes a lot of initiative, and to be very plain, a lot of know-how. Mr. Dernberger, in your own words, would you please relate what happened last night? Well, I was, I am a salesman, and I drive a truck, and last night, uh, shortly after 7 o'clock, I was coming from Marietta, Ohio, coming down Interstate 77, and just before I came to the intersection of uh, Route 47, there was a car past me, overtaking me from behind. And following closely behind this car was this unidentified flying object. And as the car ahead, or the car behind passed me, this object was following close behind it, and it swerved directly in front of my truck, turning crosswise. And when it turned crosswise, it slowed down. It started slowing not abruptly or too fast, but it gave me plenty of time to step on my brakes and slow down with it but it forced me to come to a complete stop. As soon as I had stopped, there was a door opened in the side of this vehicle, and this man stepped out and came directly to me, or came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand side of my truck, and I had done what he asked. And this man stood there, and he he first asked me what I was called. And I knew he meant my name, and I told him my name. And uh, he asked me, he said, why are you frightened? He said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. He said, we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And uh, I told him my name, and when I told him my name, he said he was called Cold. That was the name that he was called by, and he asked me what the city of Parkinsburg, he pointed to the lights, he didn't point, but he gave the impression that he was pointing, and he asked me what that was called, and I told him it was a Parkinsburg, it was a city, a town, and he asked me if most all the people lived in my, this city or town. And I explained to him uh, that it was a place of business. It's where we transacted our business. 
but the people lived in communities, outlying communities, most of the people. And when I told him that this was a city, he said that his, where his home was, that that was called a gathering. And uh, again, he told me not to be frightened, which I was. I was, I was very frightened. Okay, so that goes on for about 25 more minutes. Um, and this was literally the day after. Yeah, so like... <laughs> yeah, so like there wasn't really much time for him to just sort of be like, oh, I don't really remember what I saw or like it happened so long ago, so I don't remember little details. Like this kind of was still fresh in his head. And boy, did he give details. He kept going like... They basically, the the interviewer made him repeat himself over and over and over again, basically. And I got the impression that he didn't believe him. And I think he was trying to trip him up to see if his story changed, um, but it didn't. So uh, if you guys want to listen to that, I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to scroll down and listen to the entire 29-minute interview. We just don't have time for that. So after the interview airs, uh, reports started pouring in of strange lights in the sky and beings all at the same time at the same place on Highway I-77 on the night of November 2nd, 1966. It was big news in the area for almost three whole weeks. The Parksburg News chronicled Derenberger's story and a number of forthcoming witnesses, many of whom asked to remain anonymous or have their names withheld. It's important to mention that 55 miles away, the Mothman sightings began 13 days after the occurrence on I-77. At the time, the media in West Virginia was flooded with sightings of strange creatures, UFO, strange creatures and UFOs. I'm not sure if all of these reports are accurate, and it might also be a case of mass hysteria. And this was not the last time Woodrow would interact with Ingrid Cold. <clears throat> so here are some continued encounters. Over the course of the month that followed, Darren Wigger claimed that he was visited by Ingrid Cold many times and that he even took him on his spacecraft to take him to his home planet. Ingrid Cold also appeared at Woodrow's front door. His wife and children even knew that this Ingrid Cold was paying him visits and that they eventually came forward saying that they too saw Ingrid Cold and other strange beings. Woodrow's wife was terrified and stated that these beings were much like us, traveled in everyday cars, dressed in everyday clothes, but were not human in origin. There was even one time where Mr. Derriberger disappeared for six months, and he said that he was with Indrid Cold, and that and this is what his members of his family actually believed. He would also receive mental messages from his long-distance friend. They would come suddenly and leave piercing migraine headaches. His residents would often receive strange unknown phone calls. Sometimes they were threats to stop speaking about this experience. Other times they were odd beeps and electronic hums. Sometimes it was just silence. The family changed their number to an unlisted one, but somehow the calls continued. His story gained such media attention that the locals would flock to his house all hours of the day and night and wait in crowds in his driveway to catch a glimpse of his friend Indrid Colt. Bogle Ridge is another location associated with the story. Derenberger claimed to go there and meet with Cold and go on rides to outer space. Some locals claimed to even actually see spaceships land there. On one occasion, two men armed with loaded rifles were hiding in the woods by Derenberger's property. They observed a black Volkswagen enter his front yard. A peculiar man dressed in an all-black suit with tan skin exited and talked to Woodrow before leaving. The hunters were disappointed. They waited even longer, wanting to see something truly terrifying. But maybe they already had. Woodrow hadn't heard of the men in black, but after this visit, he was extremely frightened by them. Derenberger eventually decided to seek medical attention and the opinion of a Parkenberg psychiatrist. He not only leaves with a clean bill of health and absolutely no evidence of chemical imbalances or disruptions, but his very doctor endures a reaction soon after their meeting. He is contacted in December by a most peculiar man, his name, Indrid Cold. He doesn't reach out by telephone, but telepathically. 
What are your thoughts so far on Cold and Woodrow's interactions? Okay, so hmm, what was Woodrow's uh, like occupation again? Like, what was his? He sold sewing machines. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I was starting to think. I was just like, what if this dude's like making up this Ingrid Cold guy to like get people to come to his like place and like do stuff? I don't know what. What? Stuff, I don't know. Um. Yeah, so, like, that's what I'm wondering, if it was something like that. Because it just, like, his first encounter with him was already just, like, whoa, interesting. Mm -hmm. And now it's, like, oh, now he's just, like, your little fucking pen pal light years away or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That (laughs) That's where I kind of feel, like, what if he's just sort of broadening the story Mm -hmm. to keep people interested in him? Okay, so that brings us to our next part of the story, which is an account by Tiana Derenberger, who is his daughter. <clears throat> this uh, I sourced this transcript from the podcast Let's Get Haunted on their episode of Ing- uh, Android Cold. This is an original interview. If you guys want to listen to that episode and hear her actually speak these words, the link will be in the description. Tiana was four years old during the original interaction with Cold. She said the evening of her father's encounter, he came home white as a ghost and completely ignored her, which she claims was abnormal for him to do. He made his way into the kitchen and sat down telling his wife that he needed to discuss something with her. Her mother says that she thought he hit someone and she was fearful that he killed them. Terrified that they would scare the children, they sent them to bed. But that didn't stop Tiana. She snuck back downstairs and overheard the next conversation. Woodrow told his story of cold, terrifying and concerning his wife. She urged him to call the police, but he couldn't move. He was still in shock from his encounter with the entity. His wife dialed the police for him, and Woodrow told his tale to the Parksburg Police Department. Fearful of getting caught, Tiana snuck back up to bed. That same evening, minutes after his initial report, the Derenberger residence was flooded with the sheriff, mayor, and news reporters. Once they got their fill of the fear-inducing tale, they left their home. Again, another knock at the door disturbed Tiana. She reports seeing three men in suits with sunglasses enter their home. They are reported to have told Woodrow to redact his story and not repeat it to anyone else. Woodrow, being an intimidating man, informed the strange men that they would not bully him and he, was, and he was not going to change his story. Tiana believes that these mysterious men were the men in black. The next day, Woodrow had his television interview, which we already listened to. He came home from the station, and his front lawn was covered in people, some roaming the property with guns. This continued for days after the interview. Tiana claims men hid in the trees outside of her bedroom window, waiting for the spaceman to show up. Tiana goes on to state that while the family themselves were fine, they did have to move several times, each time having to have an unlisted address and unlisted phone number. She claims no matter where they went, people found them. The stress proved to be too much and ended the Derenberger marriage. She claims that Ingrid Cold brought two other entities to their home once things died down. She even claims that the entities brought their children to visit as well. The children played with Tiana in her room with her brother's toys. She said they were terrified by the toy guns. They then stated that on their planet, they were pacifists and do not have weapons. They claimed to be from a planet called Lanulos. She claims Indred and his companions were very fearful of our government and urged Woodrow not to tell anyone who they were and would not allow pictures to be taken. She claims Indred has followed her over her life. When she was a little girl, her mom gave her money to go get ice cream while she shopped. She sat at a parlor waiting to order when the waitress brings up a big sundae, and confused, she asked the waitress where it came from since she hadn't ordered yet. She pointed at Indrid at the end of the counter. Tiana went over and then thanked Indrid. Tiana then goes to explain um, that Indrid would send telepathic messages to her father, almost tattling on his wife 
about like how much money she spent and what she bought before she even came home. Um, and she would always, he would always tell his wife what exactly she bought, how much money she spent before she even got out of the car. And every time she was confused that he knew exactly what she got. <laughs> um, and she claims to still see Indrid in public to this day. She says he appears to be an aged man and that she estimates he is around 175 years old. <laughs> she said Indrid was researching us to see if we were a peaceful planet. And once he learned we were not, that his species would not reveal themselves to us. He claims to have wanted Earth to join the Intergalactic Council, which is a collection of different beings from different planets that, make, um, that are working to make the universe a peaceful place. He told her that as long as he and his family was alive, no harm would come to the Derenberger family. And she has written some books, um, uh, one being Beyond Lanulose, Our 50 Years with Indrid Cold, Indrid Cold, Man or Myth. And her father also wrote a book called Visitors from Lanunos, My Contact with Indrid Cold. Do you have any thoughts so far on the Indrid Cold phenomenon? So, mm -hmm. honestly, I kind of respect him for just being like, I'm going to see if this place is peaceful first, feel it out, see if we can trust them. And immediately was just like, I'm a no. dick. <laughs> bathroom i thought that was a growl anyway <laughs> yeah i don't blame him that that kind of checks out <laughs> um i did find it interesting that she still sees him to this day is she still alive yeah does she have like a twitter on instagram she has a facebook damn yeah no one uses that anymore. <laughs> no. You might she well does. Be, you, you might as well be dead if you're on Facebook. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm not going to message you on Facebook. I'm sorry. No, but like, I feel like she should document every time she's seen him. She does. It's in her still? books that you can purchase. Well, her, when was the last time she published a book, though? This book, um, I don't even think it's out yet. Injured, uh, Injured Cold Manor Myth. I think she's still working on it. Really? Okay. Okay. I thought these like came out like. I don't know, a decade ago. Because I was going to say, I I want to know if she saw him yesterday. Like, <laughs> I want the updates. I want her to make a Reddit thread and just... Oh, yes. Have, have this old lady be on Reddit. Jesus, she'd have a heart attack. <laughs> I wanted to have a Reddit thread where she was just like, oh, I went to Walgreens to pick up my meds. Guess who was there? I went to Walgreens to pick up my antipsychotics. And then I saw this alien creature in Druid Cold. <laughs> I want the constant updates of when she sees him. I don't want a book because then it's, I mean, I guess, I guess I could see why she wouldn't do that though. Realistically, it's probably because the more people know about him and the more that there's updates on him, the less he'll probably show up. And mm. I don't know if I was her, I probably still want to continue seeing him mm -hmm. just to prove to myself that I wasn't fucking crazy. Yeah. Because if he just stopped showing up, then it would just be sort of like, well, fuck, maybe I did make it up. So she also, um, a lot of the information that she got from when she was four years old, outside of her spying on that conversation and seeing the men in black, she got from her mom um, on her mom's deathbed. So her mom actually got a divorce uh, with Woodrow, uh, not only because of a strain of the aliens, um, but also there is a man from some society up north that came down and um, basically stole her, <laughs> like stole her heart and she left him for her. But uh, Tiana also says that her mom claims that Woodrow had girlfriends. Um, so he was not a faithful man, apparently. Um, but also were the aliens. Was he trying to get some alien ussy, you know? I was going to ask that. I was like, if Ingrid's taken it to his home planet, is it just like... Getting some bitches. Yeah. Because, <laughs> first, oh, you know what? That was my other thought. I'm already not really a fan of Ingrid Cold. You want to know why? Fucking just telling on his wife? Like, what the fuck? How is that any of your business? <laughs> How much money she spends at the store? Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were limited on finances. And Indrid was like, let me help you out, brother. 
<laughs> As if I'm Ingrid Cold. <laughs> no, no, no. Because here's the thing. Ingrid Cold, no right to talk about their expenses. Maybe that's a common thing to do on his home planet. Well, fuck, their home planet is just as bad as ours then. No, there's no guns, no violence. So they say. So they say. Because, like, have you ever seen, like, any of those movies where it's just like, yeah, everything's peaceful, no violence, no nothing. Just every year we just go batshit crazy and murder each other. You mean the purge? The purge, Hunger Hunger Games is technically like that because they just have a bunch of kids fight each other and they're like, yay, entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think that's what Endred's planet's like based off of his description. That's his description, though. That's his bias. What if there's like an inferior race there? And that's who they take their hatred out on. Christ. But yeah, I don't think, I do not think Ingrid Cold has any right to t- fucking be a tattletale on this guy's wife. No wonder she fucking left him. Woman can't even buy groceries in peace without Ingrid Cold being like, hey, your wife, she spent a little bit too much. She gave your daughter money for ice cream. I don't think that's in your budget, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) That made me mad. Okay, so have you heard of the Grinning Man? Yes, and I was not excited about this part of the story. So, uh, I have a couple other cases of people who have had encounters with the Grinning Man. And many people believe the Grinning Man and Indrid Cold are the same entity. Um, Here's just a short description for those of you who don't know who the Grinning Man is. The Grinning Man is an entity first spotted in the 1960s in New Jersey. The Grinning Man is uniformly described as a tall tall man wearing a shiny, metallic-like set of green overalls bearing a wide grin and beady eyes. Disturbingly, witnesses described that the Grinning Man had no visible ears or nose. The entity was described as being tan or green. One witness also stated that the Grinning Man was wearing a black belt. And the Grinning Man is sometimes connected to UFO activity and the Mothman cryptid. Several sightings of the Grinning Man were recorded by John A. Keel, the author of The Mothman Prophecies. And... In October 1966, two boys, James uh, Janczycki and Marvin Munoz, spotted a strange man standing behind a fence. They described the man as having a big grin, and supposedly someone in that neighborhood also reported being chased by a greenish man. Other reports placed the grinning man in West Virginia, about 40 miles away from the Mothman sightings. In November 1966, Woodrow Derenberger was driving home when he heard a crash. He stopped his car and saw Indrid Cold. The Grinning Man was also sighted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where Mothman sightings took place. This leads some to associate the Grinning Man with the Mothman. The Grinning Man in Derenberger's case seemed very interested in UFO activity in the area. This suggested that the Grinning Man, if real, might be some form of extraterrestrial life. However, this UFO connection is only present in the Derenberger case. Skeptics assert that the Grinning Man is nothing more of an exaggerated report of a man who, while creepy, may not be paranormal in origin. <clears throat> the Grinning Man was thought to be an alien, trying his best to gain the physical traits of a human. He was first seen October 16, 1966, when two boys in New Jersey were rocking on 4th Street. They saw a surreal figure standing near a fence. They walked closer. The figure was a tall, bald man wearing a metallic green suit who was staring right at them with huge, with a huge grin. It's then reported that he chased them, and they luckily got away. So here are some um, uh, detailed reports of the encounters with the grinning man. So this one comes from Mary Elizabeth McRae. Another couple who experienced something creepy was Mary Elizabeth McRae and her husband, Alan. The couple lived in the outskirts of Dunkland in a village near Crangorms National Park, Scotland. The couple was in their mid-50s, and their house was in a remote area. The closest neighbor lived about a mile away from them. On the 23rd of November, Mary and her husband, Alan, went to sleep by 9 p.m. 
Mary reported that she woke up in the early hours of the morning by some strange clicking sound and found herself lying on her front, wholly paralyzed and unable to breathe. Something like this never happened to her before, so she completely panicked. A disorder like this wasn't identified during the 1970s. The strange clicking sound kept on increasing. Something that caught her attention was the fact that her curtains were open, and she always closed these curtains before she went to bed. She was terrified and had a feeling that someone was watching her. She was looking at the window, thinking about it, and saw something staring back at her, a person, with dark, beady eyes and a creepy grin. She kept on staring back and wasn't able to move. Her body lifted off the bed and slowly floated towards the face. She wanted to scream, but no sound came out of her mouth. She doesn't know what happened next as she blacked out. But when she woke up the next morning, she was suffering from a terrible headache that didn't ease for at least a week. Everyone considered it a sleeping disorder. Mary passed away in 2013 at the age of 94, but she remembered this disturbing incident until the day she died. Who was the grinning man, or what was he? Did he want to terrorize people and keep an eye on them, or was there something more to it? What do you think about Mary's story? It was fucking terrifying, and I don't like that, because I, I've, I don't know if I've told you, but I've had experiences like that where I fall asleep, and I wake up not being able to breathe, but I also can't move or do anything. So, sleep paralysis. Probably. Or aliens. Some believe the same, they're the same thing. Yeah. So, we just don't know yet. So, I don't like that. Those kinds of stories make me feel, like, claustrophobic almost, because then I start thinking about, like, when I've been in that state, and I'm just like... Just the conversation about the grinning man. I just couldn't stop. Th- have you ever actually seen the Smiling Man short film? I fucking love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's good. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Great horror. You made a TikTok about it. Did you? It's fucking <laughs> terrifying. I hate it. That's one of my most popular ones. That's you know how like I walk home at night alone a lot. That's not an invitation for anybody if you hear that. But <laughs> you know. Walk home alone a lot at night, like sometimes way past ten o'clock. The only thing on my mind is that fucking film. You, you're afraid you're gonna see fucking Ringo Starr doing a little shuffle dance. Yeah, and I don't like it. I get home, I get to my apartment, and I'm just like, go 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 go. Because <laughs> actually, I haven't even seen that shit since I was like, I don't know, maybe fourteen or fifteen, and it's still like it's just in my head whenever I'm walking home late at night. I love that story. I hate you. <laughs> you know it's fake. It was literally a short film project. I know. It just still spooks me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have another uh, encounter. It's from Pier Zaffarello. And this one takes place in Italy, I believe. December 1979, a man, a man named Pier Zaffarello, who has a history of being abducted by reptile aliens, also said that he met the Grinning Man before he was taken to the UFO. He noted that the Grinning Man referred to himself as Injured Cold. That's basically, like, the entire encounter with this guy. But I don't know how serious you can take him if he has a history, like, that's how he's noted, having a history of being abducted by reptile aliens. I call bullshit on him, but okay, yeah, continue. (laughs) I think he just wants some attention. Wanted to get in on that. Yeah, I think he, he heard stories and he was just like... But this was also like 10 years later. Yeah, he's like, I could, I could tell people I was abducted by some reptiles. Don't believe me. Um, So we're going into like closing this episode. Okay. Some people believe that the Mothman and Ingrid Cold are the same. Some people also believe that many encounters were fake and that the description were copied from John Keel's books. But it's also said that the Grinning Man still visits every year in winter or spring, and people still report his encounters. Who is he? What he wa- What does he want from people? Big questions remain unanswered. <clears throat> Purchase Tatiana's book on Amazon and find the answers. So here are some theories. Indrid Cold is definitely a mystery that is both creepy and hard to explain at the same time. While the man himself was fairly normal, things like the UFO, his smile, and his use of telepathy make him more of a mystery. While it may not be exactly known what happened that night, here are some theories as to who or what Ingrid Cold was. 
one alien as so self-described <laughs> by Indrid. Um, by far, this is the most popular theory. Um, alien theorists state that Indrid Cold was a being from another planet and not human at all. While this theory may seem outlandish in normal circumstances, there are various factors of this case that generally support the extraterrestrial possibility. These things would be the UFO seen by Woodrow, the strange telepathy that Indrid Cold uses, as well as the various claims he made of being an alien himself. This theory does explain many things, but it still has flaws. Firstly, while people did see two men talking on the side of the highway that night, nobody saw the supposedly massive spaceship floating <clears throat> slightly over the highway, which seems hard to believe. Along with this, all alien-related factors have come from Woodrow's statement, which may still be partially made up or false. Who knows? <clears throat> Two, a hoax. This theory could be considered the exact opposite of the first, as it goes against Indrid Cold's existence as a whole. According to this, Indrid Cold was probably a hoax made up by Woodrow for reasons such as personal gain or fame. Some also suggested that his strange trips post this incident may have been for other reasons, and that Indrid Coldman had been an elaborate excuse, but this part is total guesswork. While this theory is backed by the fact that the alien man who uses telepathy to talk to people is unlikely and hard to believe, the fact that many people saw Woodrow speaking to someone that night goes against it. 3. Mentally unwell <laughs> According to this theory, Indrid Cold was actually a human being, but he was probably mentally unstable in some manner. Various mental ailments can cause a person to do many things like that were done by Indrid Cold. Firstly, the strange frozen smile held by Indrid Cold is definitely something that could be done by someone who isn't well. The claims that he was an alien could have been delusions in the man's mind causing him to believe such things. While this may be a bit of a stretch, the telepathy could have been the man using ventriloquism techniques to speak making it seem like he wasn't saying anything. Another possibility related to the theory is that instead of Indrid, it could have been Woodrow who was went through some sort of mental break. Now, while this theory would explain the basics of who and why, it leaves various things unanswered. The most important of these things would be what the UFO was, who the human actually was, and why he would do something like this on a random highway. And it's also important to note here that Woodrow was given a clean bill of health and um, not diagnosed by any mental illnesses. And the psychiatrist that saw him had an encounter with Indrid Cold. I already told you this. Why are you looking surprised? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that also wasn't recording, but it's fine. Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. So. So those are all the theories. What do you think? What theory do you uh, think is the most plausible? We got <clears throat> mentally unstable, a hoax, and alien. I, hmm. well, I mean, the man himself said he was an alien. <laughs> I don't think there's really a need for the theories other than it's just sort of like, well, did he even exist? That's kind of the only thing. Like, yeah. Because anybody can say, I could tell you right now that the Mothman came to my apartment two days ago. No. <laughs> Mothman came to my apartment two days ago. You chilled like homie. Yeah, we hung out on my couch. I showed him Encanto. <laughs> he really liked it. He related to Luisa. Yeah, he related to Luisa. You know, it's a lot to carry being one of like the most popular cryptids. I don't want to disappoint. It's yeah, a lot of pressure. Like, he's so much pressure it's to be drip, the best drip, cryptid. Drip, drip. <laughs> <laughs> we stand in Gonthal in this house. Yes. <laughs> so I, I just, I kind of feel like he, um, I don't think he made it up. I feel like he probably, because I do believe in aliens and I do believe that there is more intelligent there's probably more intelligent life that's just like as intelligent as humans, but there's also most likely life out there that is more intelligent and advanced. And they're too smart to come here because they're like, oh, we'll come visit them in 3,000 years when they catch up. Yeah. Like you see, you know, I'm pretty sure like they've come in the past, you know, there's the whole pyramids theories and, you know, ancient civilizations apparently having connections with them and whatnot. 
And, you know, I feel like every so often they come and check in on us. Different ones. It's not. I don't think it's always the same ones. They come and they check in on us. And they're just like, yeah, you're not fucking ready. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ingrid Cold is just watching all the shit go down recent years. And he's just like, oh, shit, they're definitely not ready now. They're going. They're getting worse. Yeah. Like, scratch this one, guys. Earth, not it. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. So I feel like he could be real. He's just, we don't know if he's real or not until we get our shit together. Well, I it's supported by a psychiatrist, supported by multiple witnesses who saw him on the side of the highway talking to Woodrow, supported by his daughter and his wife, who literally left him because of it. What do you think? I think he's definitely real. I think he is someone who's real. Um, I don't know about the Mothman correlation, though. I think Mothman is his own person. (laughs) What if he just shapeshifts, you know? What if his natural state is looking like Mothman and he's trying to look like... What did we talk about, like, in the first episode, an alternate universe where everyone looks like Mothman? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually just another planet. (laughs) Lanulose. Everyone looks like Mothman. Fuck, I want to go there. That sounds like so much fun. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we got it. Okay, scratch the first episode part where we talked about how there's an alternate universe. It's not an alternate universe. It's another planet <laughs> where everyone looks like Mothman. Mm-hmm. And that's, well, because they did say that he probably tries to appear like grinning and happy and whatnot because he's trying to blend in with people. So, I think that's why he doesn't appear that much anymore. Nobody ever really smiles just normally. If they do, they scare me. We're so angry. Not angry. I forgot that I had other pictures to show you. So, I just sent you a link to a photo of Tatiana, his daughter, and I get to send you some images from the interview. Oh, I'm not ready, but okay. And, just for funsies, there's a travel poster for Lanulos. Travel poster? Well, like someone designed a travel poster. Like, visit Lanulos. So this is Tatiana. I stand. I don't think she would lie to me. You don't think she's a crazy No. I know crazy old hacks. She's not one of them. And this is from the interview? Yeah. Okay, so that's Woodrow. Woodrow is the one with white hair. He doesn't look that old, so he doesn't look like he would be like senile or anything. Like he looks like he looks like he could be like my dad's age or a little older. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love how they kept the fucking hoverboard. <laughs> well, that's what their vehicles look I like. Know, some people have switched it up and they have just said like, oh, it's the um it just looks like a saucer. But no, they kept it the same. I like it. And he said he was from another planet, right? Because I was going to ask if maybe he was a time traveler, but never mind. No, he said he's from another planet. Unless that was a cover story. And on planet Earth, Mothman takes over. And he starts spawning with humans and creating Mothman-human hybrids. And then they end up looking like Indred Cult. Or they can shapeshift between humans and Mothman. Moth people. What was that? Monica. I okay. Anyway, <laughs> this bitch is about to cry. I'm she thinks Indrid's about to like come up behind her and go. Indrid's not gonna come up. He just he's in the east. We're in the west, right? He's literally been to Italy and to Scotland. I don't think a little trip to Arizona is gonna is gonna stop him. Yeah, but why would you want to come to Arizona to stop us from talking about him? Or the men in black are going to come in here. Who knows? If we're visited by the men in black, guys, I'll let you know. We'll make a podcast episode. Oh, fuck yeah. That's more a reason for the men in black to not visit us. You think I'm not going to talk about you? I'm a fucking journalism major. <laughs> she will report about. She will report on you on live television on Wednesday <laughs> night. Okay? I will literally. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like I won't ever have an a, like, encounter with men in black because they'll try talking to me and they'll be like, oh, this fucking bitch. She's not scared unless we actually kill her. Is that on the record? <laughs> exactly. Just slow. Like, they're just like. May I see a badge, please? They're just slowly threatening me. And I'm just like. Who is your senior officer? Gotta get that good lighting and everything. 
Prepare to get canceled, bro. <laughs> that was that was said in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, by the way. He like went on a bus and he was like about to kill some people. And everyone just pulled out their phone and started live streaming. And they're like, if you do anything, you're going to get canceled. And he just like looks down defeated for a second. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, that's one of the scariest things of our generation. <laughs> Is that more people are worried about getting canceled than actual death. My main example is you. <laughs> not afraid of the cryptids, not afraid of the demons, not afraid of the ghosts. I'm afraid of getting canceled for saying something I didn't mean. I just don't give a fuck what people think about me. <laughs> Wyatt's mouth moves faster than his brain computes. We know. <laughs> we all know. It's been known. <laughs> I edited it out, bitch. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to add on about indred like do you want him to visit you what would you do if you saw him oh also do you think the grinning man and indred are the same entity because some descriptions of the grinning man so he doesn't have a nose and ears oh yeah is he fucking voldemort i was gonna ask that maybe <laughs> maybe there's an alternate read dimension where everyone looks like voldemort well, have you heard about those theories that people say that like she who shall not be named because she's transphobic and a turf um that she like made up harry potter like that she was like actually rita skeeter the journalist in harry potter and she got kicked out of the wizarding world so then she just decided to write a book about it and then she made harry potter and got popular over it in the muggle world which is our world so it's like all real but because she got kicked out she like exposed it that is the stupidest shit i have ever heard Stephanie Meyer got picked out by the Volturi, so she wrote a book about a sparkly vampire twink named Edward, who's totally not gay. No, not at all. Why would he be? Been alive for a couple hundred years and never had sex with a man. Yeah, never even considered it? Not at all. You know who's gay, though? Like, really gay? Like, for sure? The Founding Fathers. Yeah, they, they all had circle jerks. Yeah. 100%. We're going to get canceled by misogynistic straight men. I do not care. <laughs> Wait, who was your first? You were asking me about Ingrid Cold, and somehow we ended up here. If you thought he was a grinning man? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think, I don't think him specifically. I think other people of his species are the grinning man. Well, they don't look anything alike. Yeah. Except that they both smile. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think it could be people from the same planet. I mean, why is Ingrid Cold the only one who left? I forgot to also mention that um, Woodrow claims, well, Tatiana claims that Woodrow claimed that um, he, after he would come back from Lanulos, that he would not remember anything. Really? Like, be gone for six months, know that he went with Indrid to his home planet, but not remember anything that he did there. Maybe the alien Usi was just that good. Mm. I think they're the same species. I don't think they're the same person. Though. I think it's completely two different things. Really? Personally. And what do you think the grinning men are then? Because that scares me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they're aliens. Do you think it's just men? It could just be peeping toms. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the guy was watching through her window. I don't know about the whole levitating thing. Maybe she's a witch and she just figured it out. <laughs> she just figured it out. She wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Um, but I kind of think that on this highway in Virginia slash Ohio, that some sort of interdimensional portal opened up and that's why we had all these weird occurrences. Indrid and Mothman aren't the only two. They're just the mo most two well-known, but I know back East, I got a whole lot of weird paranormal shit that happens there. Why? I don't know. Fucking weird stuff that happens on the East coast and we're just here in Arizona. We got... We have some domes that are kind of haunted <laughs> in the middle of the desert. We have a haunted hotel. Um, we just got ghosts. Yeah, we just got some spooky shit. We don't got anything. I mean, people think that there's a Bigfoot in our forest. Oh, yeah, the Mongolian something. I forgot what it's called. I made a TikTok about that, too. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. I make a lot of TikToks. Okay um that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening um if you haven't listened to our previous episodes please check them out because a lot of spooky shit has happened in those episodes luckily nothing spooky happened during this one and i am utterly grateful for that 
But <laughs> if you want to support us, please check out our website. We have a merch place where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all that kind of stuff, which I designed. And there's going to be some new stuff coming in soon. So keep an eye out for that. If you don't want any merch and you just want to donate a couple of dollars, you can donate to our coffee, which is there's a donate button in the top right hand corner of our website um if you donate a certain amount you actually will get rewards back for it i believe a dollar five dollars is your name at the end of every episode or a episode i can't remember yes (laughs) i can't remember the tiers right now it's a dollar for a single episode five dollars for every episode and the tears just keep going up, and the more yeah. they go up, the more the more shit you get. The more shit you get regarding the episode, especially all the way up to fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. If you pay us fifty dollars, you get to pick the spooky topic that we will talk about, as well as get um, obviously a shout out, producer credit, producer credit, and you'll get all of the previous tier rewards. So please check it out, and if you could follow us on Twitter, Instagram, our YouTube, everywhere. That would be amazing. And also, please tell somebody about Something's in the Closet podcast. I will love you forever if you do. I tweet funny shit. Yes, follow to Twitter. Follow to Twitter. <laughs> follow the Twitter. <laughs> That's where the joke comes from that Mothman doesn't pay his taxes. Yes. <laughs> and if you want, you can also follow mine and Wyatt's individual Instagram and Twitters. Mine is... Uh, my Instagram is aleha.exe and wise is why likes horror. Did you change your handle? I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the fuck is that? <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll hope you'll be here for the next episode. Don't forget to check your closet. <laughs>